Welcome to the OSG Connections Podcast, the place to hear from people who make OSG better together. I'm your host, Jim Carr. This episode is a great example of how you within OSG are helping to shape this new podcast. When we were asking around for ideas on guests and topics, one person was mentioned right away, Orpheus Desjardins. Orpheus began his work in 2005 as an operator. Now he's a team manager. But even beyond his experience within a group that became part of OSG, people said Orpheus is the ultimate team player, doing great work himself, also supporting others and actively helping them to find the best opportunities within OSG. Not surprisingly, when we asked Orpheus whether he would be willing to come on to the podcast, he did not hesitate. I think you'll particularly enjoy this conversation for the stories, the background, and the encouraging spirit of Orpheus Desjardins. Orpheus, I'm delighted that you have joined us here on OSG Connections. You are a long-time, hope you don't mind me saying, long-time OSG colleague with a reputation for having some great stories and a great spirit about you. So it's wonderful that you can join us. First of all, welcome to OSG Connections. Thank you, Jim. It's my pleasure to be here. And if we could just begin, OSG is a big organization these days. So could you tell our listeners a bit about what your path is. You began, if I recall, back in 2005, and you've had an interesting path in a supervisory position now. Could you walk us through that? So in 2005, I started with the company. I mean, I started kind of on a ground level. You know, I was a third shift print operator at the time. Just through hard work, determination, grinding it out, I was able to move to first shift, then from there to a lead, and then from there to the position I'm in now. I've been in this position for the last 10 years as a supervisor. And where are you located, Orpheus? We are located in a west suburb of Chicago called Carroll Streams, Illinois. It's probably, depending on traffic, 20 minutes, 30 minutes outside of Chicago. And are you working in one facility or across multiple facilities? I myself personally work in this facility only. At one point, there were two facilities and and we merged into one building to make everything flow a little bit better. And I believe this is the largest production facility in OSG. Is that correct? You are right. You're absolutely right. We do, I want to say somewhere around maybe 20 million pieces of mail uh, a month. So yeah, it's one of the largest facilities and it is the largest actually in OSG. I would imagine the nature of your work and what you're doing for customers has changed a little bit in the course of 16 years. So could you talk a little bit about the nature of the work and the products that we're delivering? And then we want to get into some of the concepts and some of the points of focus that have been so important to you. What's been changing in your work over time? The type of uh, product that we put out has changed in in my tenure at the company. When I first started out, it was kind of like phone bills, nothing too spectacular. Aspen is a product of Bell South to the critical mail side where we're dealing with different types of statements from credit unions to hospital. McKesson being one of the larger pharmaceutical companies in the nation, I believe. 
that's one of our bigger clients, ARP. We do a lot of check work. Northern Trust at one point was one of our clients where we did probably, I don't know, three million pieces a month. Compliance work, that's our biggest time of the year where we put out maybe 15 million W-2s on top of our daily work. That being said, I've been here as long as I've been here. I've seen a lot of changes and all for the better, all for the better. The people that head up this organization, they did all the right things and they thought about the small people as well. Well, I appreciate that in even the face of all the changing nature of the work and that you're changing roles over time. You and I had spoken earlier before we hit the record button, Orpheus, that you've got some principles that you try to follow and that your team follows as well. And the first one that you mentioned was keeping the client first. With such a big facility, big jobs, a lot of things that are changing, how do you see that play out? What are you doing in your team to help keep the client first? So keeping a client first is by any means necessary, put out a quality product in a timely manner. There's SLAs that we have to meet. Some are same day, some are next day, but it's all about getting the job done. There was an instance I was actually on vacation visiting my mom down in Alabama. My manager didn't know that at the time, just knew I was on PTO. So there's a job that needs to get out ASAP. This is a Sunday, mind you, the facility's closed. So he had uh, texted me and said, hey, do you think you can help me out? And I said, well, I'm in Alabama, but let me see what I can do. So I was able to call one of my employees last minute and ask them to come in and get a job started because the holiday played a factor at this point. So that being said, keeping the client first, we'd go above and beyond to make it happen. So that person last minute came in on a Sunday. I flew in from Alabama and I just came in and helped her. When I say keeping the client first, it's whatever we have to do to get the job done. And when you say whatever we have to do, that brings me to the second of the points that you had mentioned before that you think are really characteristic of your team and of OSG. You mentioned resourcefulness. So when you think about by whatever means is necessary at the time, I'm sure you have some stories about where people did something that maybe was a little innovative or you were resourceful in the moment of making sure that you were getting that job done. My department, we've been together probably the longest. We all been together for 10 plus years. And I started out just like then up here. So we have a relationship that if I need somebody to do something, it's not a problem. A lot of my operators are also cross-trained with different departments. So there's been times where another department may have been down and they needed some help. And I'm able to send, you know, my people over there to help them out because maybe they got, they moved from this department to my department. So they still have that skill set of the other departments. So it's things like that that happen within this facility. Everybody's all hands on deck to do it. It's all about getting the product out. So if I need somebody to go help out a letter shop or a pre-sort, they would have no problem doing it 
and vice versa. There's been times I've been in a jam and I've needed some assistance and I've gotten that assistance. When you have all of this going on, lots of work, different people trying to get the job done, sometimes you're having to shift roles around a bit. That doesn't happen, Orpheus, unless there's a good culture where people support one another, they understand one another's roles, they appreciate the skills and the motivation that people bring into their work every day. And you use the word camaraderie. I think that's a really powerful word. So how do you see that play out in terms of how people work together, that they focus on similar things, they actually like one another? How do you keep that camaraderie going? All right. So that started back when the merger happened because you have two different facilities. Nobody knows each other. We're brought together. So to kick it off, we all went to a baseball outing. So they put a situation together for all of us to go to a baseball outing, like a meet and greet. And then once that happened, they put us in the same facility. And one of the things that me and one of the other managers did is my day starts pretty early. So we'll get together. 435 o'clock in the morning and my department feeds his department. So I we just talk it over. You tell me what you need, how you need it, and what time you need it. That's how everything kinds of works because it's a process. You go from programming all the way to pre-sort. And everybody communicates to get the product out the best way, the fastest way. So my priority may switch up. I may call the audible to be able to get this person what they need in a time matter because they may may need more time to get it out. And that's kind of what I meant by camaraderie. Like we all communicate with each other just so we're all on the same page. And that's got to be a habit, right? That gets reinforced all the time of, of good communication people being honest about what they have going on with their work and their ability to set those priorities and to help one another out. So that doesn't, Orpheus, I don't think that happens in every workspace and it certainly doesn't happen by accident. It sounds like you're doing some things and your team are doing things on an everyday basis to keep those lines of communication open and and keep the camaraderie going. It's the culture and the culture was established here years ago. And Everybody made a commitment to stick to that culture. Even though you got two facilities merging, there's one end game, one end goal. And we all network, communicate, and try and be consistent on what we're doing every day. And, you know, in the beginning, there were some hiccups, but we all talked through it, walked through it, and got through it. And now, in my eyes, being here 16 years, it's seamless. You're going to have your problems here and there, but we get through it through communication. And hard work. There's one other area that, at least one other area, Orpheus, that we definitely want to talk about. And I know you have some personal experiences working your way up, working your way over time, over these 16 years, as well as the people who've been around you, been part of your team. And you talk about the opportunities to grow and develop from within. You mentioned earlier that your role changed. You started out as an operator. You started on a different shift. You've been able to move up over time. And there've been some times where you've looked at different options and different tracks in your own work. So could you speak a little bit about, first of all, where you've seen opportunities and how you 
I've taken advantage of those to be able to do that from within. And then also, I know you have at least one wonderful story about a, a team member who had a similar experience. Like I said, 16 years ago, I started out just as an operator on third shift. I've kind of been doing this 30 years throughout my life. I had moved up here from Alabama, got a job here in 05, and started out as a third shift operator. Through the years, through hard work, determination, just grinding it out, I guess it was noticed. I went from a third shift operator to a first shift operator, and then I went from a first shift operator to a lead. That went well, and we transitioned some of the work to some of the critical work, and we got uh, new equipment and stuff. So I went from a lead to a supervisor. So long story short, when I first got to, came in as a supervisor, probably 10 years ago, I was entertaining the opportunity to move over to IT because my older brother, that's what he did. And he said that would be a good place for me. So they're in need of some IT help. I applied. Actually, I applied and I got the interview the same day with the IT manager. And I was a little nervous at the time, so I was just nervous. The interview, it went not as well as I think it could have went. So the gentleman, he said, you know what? No worries. Come back tomorrow. Let's do it again. So given that 24-hour time frame, I went home and thought it over and thought about the culture I was building within my department. And I said, maybe that happened for a reason. And so I decided to stay in my department. And doing that, as I felt a little bit more comfortable in my role, I was able to look at other people and see what I could do from this platform as far as maybe changing something in their future because the company did it for me. And being on this platform, that gave me opportunity to touch several different people's lives, which at the end of the day, for me, that's what I come to work to do. Not only put out a good product, but at the same time, let's make somebody's day better at work because why not want to work for somebody that, that you enjoy working for? That's kind of how the culture is. That's why people come here. You've had opportunity now as a supervisor to see other people who likewise are hardworking, they have ambition, they may have some skills or opportunities that they don't even recognize necessarily at the time. So are there some examples of where you've been able to see the seeds of opportunity for somebody else and help lead them in that direction as well? I spoke on, you know, us merging companies together. And uh, once we did that, there's a particular individual and I always scout for talent. She came and helped me. She came from a different department. And when some of my employees went on PTO, she would help me out. And I just seen the work ethic she had. She just grinded out. She didn't let anything mechanical stop her from getting the job done. And that's something you really can't teach. They have to have it within them. So a couple years went by. Well, I told her, I said, I want you to come and work for me. She was kind of shying away from it because of the technology I use. We deal with a lot of computer stuff. I was persistent. I was like, I think you'll do well over here. She was shy away with, from it. She's a shy lady, but a hard worker. So an opportunity did come within the last year where 
because I'm persistent. I asked her again. So, hey, how do you feel about working here? She asked me a couple of questions and I gave her the answers to them. And, uh, you know, I went and spoke with our HR and we got it all situated. So one of her, her main fears was the computer, how to navigate, send files to printers, so on and so forth. I said, you know what? I don't want you to even think about that. That's not something to be scared of. If it takes you six months, that's fine. So she came in, she took her notes. And surprising to me, she picked this up faster than a lot of people that I've seen in the 30 years I've been doing it. So within a week, she was kind of on her own and running. So I sent the email right away to the HR and general manager, like, thank you. She's one of the fastest learning individuals. She's very hardworking, and which they knew that from the other facility. That being said, she's also a single mom. When you change from department to department, certain things change your life. So she was excited about the change, excited about the move. Very, very hardworking. One of the hardest people, hardest working people I've ever seen. So then there's time for evaluations and things of that nature. And so I'm sitting down, giving her an evaluation. I, at the end of our conversation, I said, so how do you feel? Are you still scared now? Because this was probably, I don't know, three, four months after her transferring to my apartment. And she looked me dead in my eyes and she said, you're an angel. And that kind of just, you know, I got a lump in my throat kind of right now because that is something that that's what this place is all about. That's my goal to change lives, whether it's make them smile, make them be able to take care of their family better, whatever the case may be. That being said, that's what I mean by opportunity. I was given an opportunity. So since I was given an opportunity, I have to look back and give others the opportunity as well. And that's what makes this place great. I can only imagine the feeling that you had in that moment. You get a little lump in your throat right now just telling that story. It's so powerful and true. I think it just illustrates that a, a really healthy culture is certainly about taking care of customers and getting the job done, but it's just taking care of one another. That's wonderful. I'm so glad we can share that. Just, just given that, Orpheus, with the things that you've talked about, and especially the opportunity for people to go within OSG, wherever their motivation will take them, do you have any guidance and encouragement to our listeners inside and outside of OSG about do you think that there's ample opportunity for people who are willing to work hard and willing to ask questions and, and put themselves out there? 100%. That's one story. But in the 16 years, I've seen plenty of story. And it's all about hard work and determination. And everything else will take care of itself. To your point, if we take care of within, everything else will take care of itself. You create a decent culture that everybody wants to be around, the work will take care of itself. Orpheus, it's just been a delight to speak with you here, uh, to get to know you a little bit better. I thank you for taking the time out of your busy time <laughs> and there to join us here on the podcast and, and share these stories. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
This podcast is designed to serve you and everyone across OSG. We want to hear what you think about this episode and what you would like to hear in the future. Which topics are the most interesting? Which people would you like to hear from? Who has a story worth sharing? In future episodes, we'll also include more shout outs and acknowledgements from you. So if there's someone you know deserving a shout out, even if they aren't interviewed on the OSG Connections podcast, then by all means, let us know and we will let all of OSG know. For any of those reasons, send an email to podcast at osgconnect.com. And if you haven't done so already, then please push the button that says subscribe. That means that each new episode will be automatically downloaded into your podcast player. So you won't even have to think about it. You can listen on your schedule. Thanks for joining us, spreading the word, and making connections.